Hello, my name is Bridger Tack, and welcome to the Bridger Tack Show. So today we are going to talk about cars and what I think is the future of cars, which is electric. But first, I think that it's really necessary to get a brief history and overview of cars so we can really understand where we are today. So let's get into the short history of cars. In 1893, two brothers, Charles and James Duryea, really built the first car company. One of the first, and the first cars to be built and operated inside the United States, was the Duryea that they built. One interesting story to note, however, is according to Encyclopedia Britannica, Charles Duryea was at the Ohio State Fair when he saw a working gasoline motor, and he thought it could power a carriage. And by 1891, the design was done. He had designed a carriage that ran on a motor. Then, with the help of his brother Frank, they built that carriage. And on the 22nd of September, 1893, they made their first successful test run in Springfield, Ohio. And as they say, the rest is history. So now we fast forward to Henry Ford in October of 1908. To be more specific, the 1st of October 1908, the Model T was unveiled to the world. Now, this car was different than the other cars at the time. Henry Ford wanted to make it for the working man. It had four cylinders and made just 25 horsepower, but at the price, it was revolutionary. When the Model T was first offered, it was an affordable car at only $850. Back when the average people made just $10.25 a week, this was not bad. But Ford knew that he could do better, and he strived to drop the price even lower. So, in 1912, the price dropped when Ford introduced the Model T runabout, which was offered at just five. dollars $112, which was a price that was even more affordable. By the end of production, the Model T Coupe dropped just $290 in 1927, which, by the way, is an extremely long car run of 19 years, which, when adjusted for inflation, $290 is only about $4,000. Which, when we compare back in 1908, when just for inflation, it was about $21,000. So, that car they built in 1908 is about five times more expensive than the final production of the Model T in 1927. So, Ford really was able to reduce it by quite a bit. Now, we fast forward again to the post-war era. And there was change in the era. Cars began to get bigger, but as a result, they also got less fuel efficient. But that will play a much, much larger part later. The age of muscle cars was just being entered in. It was about the 1960s. Icons such as the Ford Mustang and the Shelby Cobra 427 were introduced. 
Shelby Cobra, by the way, being my favorite car of all time, and I would love just like a ride in it. But the war itself also had an effect. Icons such as the Willys Jeep were introduced as a direct result of the war effort, but good things were not to last. In 1973, several things would lead to some bad things happening in the car market and the entire economy as a whole. So it starts when President Nixon takes the United States off the gold standard. I really do not know much about the gold standard, but from what I can understand, the value of the dollar is based on gold. So you can actually trade in your dollars for gold. But the United States' gold supply was not able to keep up with the demand, and with large spending on recent war results, the dollar was already strained. So President Nixon decided to take the United States off the gold standard. But this led to uncertainty for investors, so the value of the dollar dropped, which was bad for OPEC, which is the Organization of Petroleum Exporting Countries. Current countries in it, this is in 2019, include Algeria, Angola, Congo, Ecuador, Equilateral Guinea, Gabon, Iran, Iraq, Kuwait, Libya, Nigeria, Saudi Arabia, United Arab Emirates, and Venezuela. So, back in 1973, they set the value of the oil on this dollar. So, since the dollar went down, they started losing money. So, that made them kind of mad at the United States. Then, the last straw was when the United States decided to side with Israel Yom Kippur War. So, OPEC decided, mainly with Saudi Arabia lead, decided to raise oil prices 70%. By March, the price of oil per barrel went from $2.90 all the way up to $11.55 and has never really recovered. Never recovered. It never went back down. Now it is about $70 to $80 a barrel. One interesting fact that I learned from my research was that they actually adopted a national speed limit of about 55 miles an hour in an effort to save gas. So with all these gas hikes, there was a reason for fuel efficiency. So Japanese compact cars started to rise in sales. These cars were much more efficient than their American counterparts, and they were also seen as being much more reliable. According to Peter Chinney over at the Global and Mail, he had an 88 Honda Civic. Let me just read a passage from an article that he wrote. The Accord had a small, high-revving engine that went against the grain of North American design. Detroit emphasized large, under-stressed motors, as with the Zero, which outperformed its rivals because of its low weight. Every component in the Accord was built to a precise weight and matched to every other part of the machine. I have owned a long series of Japanese cars, including a 1988 Honda Civic that lasted nearly 15 years and never needed a major repair. Like my dad's Accord, the Civic had a motor that seemed far too small for the job, but proved as durable as a tractor motor. So with that, we now move to the modern era of cars. Although I really should stop saying cars, as the industry is moving away from cars and focusing more on SUVs and pickups. One reason for this is the versatility that trucks offer to consumers. Let me read you a short passage from TheUnlimitedDriver.com that really sums it up perfectly. I don't own a pickup, 
and I'm definitely not a trucker guy, but I can definitely see the benefits of having one. Pickup trucks owners love their trucks, even those that don't have trucks seem to want them. My dad is a good example. He appreciates a nice car or SUV, and he has one of each right now. Somebody would ask why he would tell them in a heartbeat. If money were no object and he could pick any vehicle he wanted, he would choose a pickup. So why are they so popular? The answer really isn't that complicated. They are versatile. Just about any truck you can buy today is available with either two or four doors. A family of four or five can easily fit into an extended cab pickup truck. You can get a truck with an extended bed if you need to haul a lot of things on a daily basis. Trucks can also go just about anywhere. Being available with two-wheel or four-wheel drive, they offer the best of both worlds. They are practical for just about anything. Generally speaking, pickups have a good record of reliability. They have a reputation for being tough. It isn't uncommon to get a truck driving down the road that looks as if it was mauled by the Tyrannosaurus Rex from the movie Jurassic Park. They can take a beating and still go strong. They are the workhorses of the automotive world. The highlight of this happening is really Ford. In April of 2018, Ford announced they would stop production of their cars altogether to focus more on the SUV and pickup truck line. One noticeable exception, however, was the Mustang, as it is a cult classic and it would really be a shame if it were to go by the wayside. So now we get into electric cars, but first, let's take a quick Have you ever thought about studying your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps people listen to it on? Like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. The answer to all these questions is really simple. It can be summed down in one word. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. So if you want to make a podcast, go to anchor.fm slash start. We're going to repeat that one more time. Go to anchor.fm slash start. I cannot wait to hear your podcast. And we are back. So now we are going to move on to the main topic, electric cars and whether or not it is the future of the automotive industry. So, before we get into this, just a little clarification. When I am talking about cars, it's in the context of the average consumer vehicle. So, it does include things like pickup trucks and SUVs. So, it is excluding things such as tractors, cranes, big things like that, that would make a move to electric a little bit harder. One noticeable exception to that would have to be with the Tesla Semi, as it is an amazing piece of technology that has the ability to take over the e-trucking world. But for the purposes of this, even though I really want to, I won't talk about it because the main thing is the consumer and not so much these big companies. So. A major question is simply, is electric the answer? I believe it is. And a major reason for this is climate change. 
if you want a deeper picture of climate change, I do encourage you to go back and listen to my previous episode that was specifically about climate change and does go more in depth about it. But let me just summarize what climate change is. So the climate is warming. There's simply no way around it. You can't argue with this hard fact. And it will have a negative impact for everyone living on the planet. As a result of this warming climate, glaciers are melting in Greenland and in the Antarctic, which then contributes to a rise in sea levels. Coastal regions will be under the threat of increased flooding in the coming years as a direct result of this warming. Another threat is increased droughts, which we have seen as a major problem in California with an increase in severe wildfires in recent years. And cars do play a major part in climate change. According to the EPA, transportation contributes to about 27% of total United States emissions. Of that, 83% are as a result of consumer vehicles. The rest is things like aircraft and rail transportation. Another particularly large threat is air pollution. According to the World Health Organization, there are many risks and it is responsible for 29% of all deaths and diseases from lung cancer, 17% from acute lower respiratory infection, 24% of all deaths from stroke, 25% of all deaths and diseases from insomniac heart disease, and 43% of all deaths and diseases from chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. So there is a great risk for this, and we should all be concerned. Also, according to the Union of Concerned Scientists, it can cause more direct problems. Let me just read a short little passage from an article they, they wrote that sums it up pretty well. Pollutants from vehicle exhaust can affect more than just your lungs. Indeed, tailpipe pollutants pose health risks at every stage of life, and can even cause premature death. But the impacts of climate change driven by global warming emissions also affect people's health and the well-being of entire communities. Global warming is leading to more frequent and intense heat waves, especially risky to children and elderly people, and to sea level rise, flooding, and drought that can devastate local communities. People in low-income communities and communities of color are disproportionately exposed to higher levels of air pollution marginalized by urban segregation in American cities. These communities are often located near freight centers and heavily traveled roadways, and can lack access to the resources to adapt to or move away from air pollution and climate-related damage. Thus, we really, really need to do something about this. Another thing that is less thought about is simply the supply chain. When producing the fuel for these vehicles to run on. There is a risk for oil spills, which are really, really bad for the environment impacted. So what can we do about it? One thing that can really help is to move away from electric cars. Some whole countries are already thinking about banning combustion vehicles. India has set goals by 2030, the UK and France by 2040, and Norway as soon as 2025. In Norway, according to CNN, 90% of their power already comes from renewable resources, and 40% of new car sales are already electric or hybrid, so Norway is really leading the charge. 
to renewable resources and electric cars. And with electric cars, there are so, so many benefits. It would mean an obvious increase in air quality, which would lead to better health and longer living. Another thing would that it would eliminate the risk of oil spills in the supply chain because electric cars don't run on oil. Although even I, as such a big fan of electric, do admit that there are some disadvantages to it. Well, for one thing, gas stations would disappear because there's no need for gas, but they could replace. Imagine a travel shop where you could travel up your car charge up your car, and if you're traveling, it would be the perfect time to get a snack and just relax, get a coffee. It would take some time though, which leads perfectly to the next disadvantage, the long recharge times, which means that there's less driving time because you can't just pull up and fill up with gas. You have to charge the battery, which does take a while, but range is getting longer as cars continue to evolve. So that leads to less and less having to refuel that often. It also is leading to less wait time. So it does charge faster. And as the technology evolves, it will continue to get better and better and better. So now you know more about electric cars and the advantages. I truly do believe that this is the future of cars. And the main thing about that is climate change. Because as climate change awareness grows, more people want to do something about it. So electric car sales will inevitably grow alongside it. So this has been Bridger Tech from the Bridger Tech Show. And I just want to wish you a excellent rest of your day. And let's all work together in our consumer purchases towards this greener future that will have so, so many benefits for the rest of the world. We can do it, guys. Peace.